to the Voice of HK podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Julie Bajik-Smith, and in over a decade, I have supported hundreds of older adults to improve their well-being in late life. This podcast offers an authentic insight into aged care, practical tips, and all the inspiration to keep you going. I truly believe that every older person needs to feel heard, loved, and understood. And it is my mission to halve the depression rates in Australian aged care facilities by 2022. Hi, by now I've done quite a few different interviews with service providers and volunteers who visit the elderly and aged care homes. And one topic that I've intentionally left till a little bit later on is involving families. And I guess there's few reasons why I haven't interviewed a family member yet. And the last couple of interviews have been a nice segue because both volunteers who visit aged care facilities have had a loved one in an aged care facility. So I thought it was time to, to broach this topic and to look at it in, in, in a bit more detail, particularly as we, as we know that approximately 40% of older people in residential care do not have any visitors who come and see them. So I wasn't sure what was the best way to talk about families. If I should have invited someone along for an interview, I must say it was a bit of a struggle because few of the families that I worked with, their loved ones have passed away. And I certainly did not want to bring up any negative emotions or feelings that they may have about the experience of aged care, particularly in the light of what's been going on with the Royal Commission and, 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 and all those changes and standards. So what I ended up doing is I interviewed a relative last week and with this person I had a conversation which aligns with what we're talking about, how to better involve families and support that initial transition into an aged care home. However, I wanted to give you a brief warning before this interview is played because the conversation isn't as good as other interviews as it was recorded on my phone and I was sitting with this relative um, and having a chat on the couch in an aged care facility. So I trust you'll forgive the difference in the audio to really tune into the content of the conversation because it is so rich with advice, experience and tips from this daughter whose mother has been living in an aged care facility for the last 18 months. But before I do that, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about the role of families and why it's so important to involve them and, and how to involve families. So there's several ways that we, we can go about it and aged care homes tend to differ in the ways in how they involve families. Some tend to involve the families from the word go with activities on site, with regular monthly meetings, with case conferences, encouraging on-site attendance. Others look at it from a different perspective, saying, well, you know, these families have been through a lot. They cared for their loved one at home. They probably exhausted themselves. 
There may, in fact, be encouraging the families to spend more time away from the facility and embracing more self-care. And so there's, there's different ways in how we, how we view that relationship between the resident and their, their family and the type of role that the family plays in helping the older person settle into an aged care home as well as the ongoing contact and the frequency of it. Now, I know I mentioned earlier that a lot of people in aged care homes do not have visitors. There's, uh, it's very common that the family dynamics are not straightforward. A lot of older people in care have children that they've been distanced from for some time, or they may have children who live overseas, or they may have children who live very close to them within a couple of kilometers, but they haven't really had any contact over a long period of time. So you know, involving and encouraging those relationships may not be beneficial for the older person or for that their adult child. But having said so, once the person moves into care, it's, it's really beneficial to look at the dynamics of the relationships that they have as they transition into care, be it with their relative, with their spouse, with their children, with their extended family, and how we can enhance those relationships to help with the adjustment. So for some families, they might perceive that as being, well, I have to go and see mum every day. And I know some children who've done that every single day, they've been coming to an aged care facility. And every day when staff encourage this older person to go and, and attend activity, she would say, I'm waiting for my daughter. They might say, it's a laundry day. Do you want help us or do you washing? And she'll say, no, I'll wait for my daughter. She's going to take it and do it at home. They would invite her for the meals and they said, no, I'll wait for my daughter because she's going to bring me food. So that, that type of detachment from the environment is not particularly useful for the older person. And also it can leave the staff feeling a bit puzzled in terms of how do they deliver the care and support for this person if they're constantly met with that resistance. So what I propose instead is some practical strategies that we can help families in how to gently and effectively support their loved one's transition into an aged care home. I've actually written a guide on this topic, which allows families to fill in the gaps as they go along the way and look at the psychosocial way of helping a loved one move into an aged care home. I used to run a lot of care support groups for families and the common themes that came in in those sessions with families were that the journey was not what they thought it would be like. And some of the big challenges that they said that they had was actually getting the person to move into the care in the first place. And so when we talk about, you know, well, what's the, the best strategy or advice that you've been given about the process, it was you know, choosing a home that's close to, to your home, um, looking after yourself, letting the other person settle in, and trusting the staff. Don't visit too often. It's like when your five-year-old starts school, go and have a coffee and a cry. And I think it's really, it can be quite challenging for families. And what my guest will talk about in the interview as well is, you know, even the, the, the term itself, how do you say that your loved one is in an aged care home. So, you know, she, she talks about that, that struggle and the terminology. Do you turn around and say, I've put mum into care, you know, I dumped mum into care, as she says. 
Or I say, you know, you facilitated mum's move into care. You supported mum's movement into care. Make it more positive and encouraging. And so the three ways that I see families really play that integral role when their loved one moves into care is first off, make sure that you support attendance to activities that are offered on site. Check the program, check what's on. Make sure you put it across into the calendar, individualised calendar on the wall for your relative so they know what's coming up. And you can actually time your visits as well and support them to attend those activities. You could go as their support person until they get into the habit of the activities and until they get more comfortable about mixing with other residents. Because the last thing we want is for your relative to be isolated, withdrawn, and spending significant amount of time on their own. And I know that a lot of the feedback from the older people has been, well, you know, I, I'm hearing impaired, I don't like big groups, it's too loud, it doesn't work for me. Even encouraging them to go and spend some time in the sun is really good for them and their well-being as opposed to just sitting in the dark room. Another way that families can also boost well-being is by ensuring that when they come and visit that they don't sit in the room so that you already are discouraging spending the time in the bedroom because the rooms are quite small and they're quite intimate and unless you you really have some pressing matter to discuss personally, I would really encourage for the visits to take place outside of the room. There are a lot of quiet little nooks in an aged care home where you could find some privacy apart from being in the bedroom. And I think that that's really important to note because it would encourage the other person to physically move, be up and out and about, possibly run into some other residents as well that they know, which can facilitate introduction with those people and their names. So next time you speak to your loved one, you can say, oh, you know, have you, have you seen Beryl or have you bumped into Marie? Or it encourages new conversations. And also for some families, it might be the sense that they feel that their loved one needs to get away from the nursing home. So what they would do instead is visit them, pull up at the front and take them for a drive. Now, that's really nice and it's really important, obviously, for the older person to get out and about and to mix with the community. But don't put the pressure on yourself to always feel like you need to do that because in the long run, that might not be sustainable. It's very nice to go for a drive and to reminisce in particular about the way that the landscape has changed or if there's new buildings or the, you know, if you, if you go out for a drive along the beach, that's, that's really nice. But I would make those special occasions and times when you might need to go and do some grocery shopping or get to appointments or, sorry, I don't mean grocery shopping, I meant more like clothes shopping and things they can't get in, in the home or going out for a nice meal, but the visits really need to be about encouraging the older person to, to integrate into the environment and look at the ways that families can help to facilitate that. Look at the ways that the activities are offered and how the activities could enhance the well-being. So there's a wide range of activities that are available and offer, but you might, yourself might not recognise if they, if they put on the program they've got love to live or they might have art therapy or music therapy, what is exactly involved in that program and why it's beneficial for the older person to attend. 
So this could also be an opportunity to, for families to learn a little bit better about what's going on on site, what the activities are, and how beneficial they are for their loved one. I've seen family members attend exercise classes, discussion groups. They've come to my group programs as well because they want to learn and understand better what, what's on offer for their loved one and to, to be able to encourage them to attend. So a couple of things you need is plain wall calendar where you can put in there identified tasks and activities that your loved one likes that they can attend. You can also get some stickers and put on the calendar when you attend so that your loved one can see the frequency of visits and you know they can feel warm and inspired about the fact that they're not, they're not alone, they're not lonely, they've got people who come and visit them. On the wall calendar, you can also put some of the major milestones, birthdays, anniversary and dates to remind them, as well as more practically appointments that are coming up for them. I know a lot of families keep that information with them and in their diaries, but also involving the older person about day-to-day routine and structure and what's going on is really useful. And this also works for people with dementia as well, just as a visual cue what's coming up and what's happening is, you know, is Christmas coming, Easter coming, also some public holidays included as well. So there's a lot of tips and strategies that I share in my guide for families, which you can find on the website, wisecare.com.au, that help with those activities and scheduling pleasant events and about the benefits of well-being and how visits can be enhanced in different strategies. But I wanted to really give you some more feedback and input from a relative whose mother moved into an aged care home and let you hear from her experience about the journey and the type of information that she thinks would have been useful when her mum moved into care and now that she's in care as well. I particularly want you to note about the importance of having discussions and current affairs and how she perceives that to be useful for her mother. And this is something that I've been going on for quite a long time in my discussion with aged care homes about the importance of looking at the resilience and strengths in older people and how we can focus on those to deliver better emotional care. So rather than, you know, getting people to sit together and say, oh, yes, I'm in a nursing home, I'm in a nursing home, so am I, you know, I'm in here, my my family couldn't care about me or I couldn't look after myself or my husband or my wife passed away. Let's look at the things that they can still do and let's look at the ways that we can still encourage those strengths to help them deal with the challenges of their physical health and their emotional well-being. So I'll leave it at this point here. I'll, I'll wrap up my, my introduction of the interview As mentioned earlier, please excuse the quality of it because it's not as clear as some of the other interviews. But nonetheless, I think it's really important for you to hear firsthand information shared by this wonderful relative. Okay, so can you just tell me a little bit about um, your experience of visiting mum in the facility and the isolation that you mentioned? Um, in the sense that you know you, you say that the residents are not really talking a lot and they're not 
opportunities for the discussion groups to take place? Yeah, I just feel that um, either with the residents and or visitors, or maybe that would encourage visitors or their, their loved ones to come if they could sit down with people who could converse a little bit and have some sort of happy discussion group, even if it was about the latest topics. Okay. So just so that they can have an opportunity to, to, to chat, because what seems to be happening, they're not really mixing as much um, amongst themselves. Well, I just feel if they're in here, there's not a lot of um, maybe outdoor things that can be brought in for them to talk about or um, because they're, they're in, in, in the four walls, it was in their box, had they put it something like yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Now, that's a good idea because often when I speak to families, it's really useful to know what, what would make it better. And I think sometimes, you know, they say newspapers or um watching tv or reading the news but it's actually talking to someone about current affairs that would really be useful yeah maybe not even that it might be just like recently i went to the ocean road and i found a few of the other as i said at the table that i've been the ocean road. yeah a few of the others remember when they went to ocean road so they could bring up their own experiences you know yeah like if every family's having a baby they would say oh when i had my child or, yes or men would say when we had my wife had our son or yeah just some topic different topics and is that because um, you think that – is there an assumption that a lot of people have dementia and that's not going to work? Or why do you think that it's not happening right now? Because your mum doesn't have any cognitive impairment. That's it's exactly right, and that's where I think the difficulty lies. And I have found that since we've been here, mum's been here, that I don't feel a lot of the programs – some of them are suitable for her, but not really. And that's where I thought a discussion group with people that were able, mentally able to – I believe in – some of the ones that have dementia, they might tell the same thing all the times, but it still brings up memories. Because okay. you, have, you do find that dementia is a like, short-term memory loss. They can remember long ago better than they can remember. Short-term. Okay, no, that's great. And you just mentioned when Mum first moved in, you had a bit, bit more extra support, and that was really useful for you because the chaplain was here and also the volunteer, volunteer was here and... Yeah, and just thinking back, probably not everyone gets that level of support, which is a shame, I think, that, yeah. Yes. So that was really useful for you, but you've seen through, because you come and visit mum twice a week, you've seen other people come in, and perhaps they don't have the same level of hmm. um Well, support. I've not really seen anybody leaving, but I was thinking, uh, like a mentor that you could be yeah. matched up with and say, well, look, this, this person's happy to mentor you. Then you bring mum in, and I mean, they might not want that, but later on, like I was lucky, I did have those. Yeah, 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 because they're, they're not here anymore now, are they? Um, one's not, but one, one is still here. So I'm, I'm really lucky. Yeah. And they were here for me on that day, and it was a Tuesday that we came in when they walked. Yeah. That worked out well. Yeah, yeah. And so now you visit mum twice a week, and sometimes you go out, sometimes you stay in. Um, and I know she looks forward to those visits because you're going to do everything for her. <laughs> she always says, my daughter's coming, so she, that's, that's fine. So I think that, that that's amazing. Thank you for that. Is there anything else that you think would be beneficial for families from your perspective, like when they have their loved one move into care? I think just the support for those first few months or first few, few months. Yep. I mean, some people are only here weeks. You know, I know there's just one recently that was only here weeks. And um, they kept... You say, but he's strange, he's strange. And I thought, well, how uncomfortable does he feel when he's brought mum in? And, yeah. You know, because it, it might be shame or guilt or all those sorts of feelings that would come in when it's like, 
not dumping your parent in a home, but that's kind of how I, when I keep saying, when I put mum in, a, and pe- one person laughed me, so you put them out, and it's like, how else would you describe it? I put, yeah. I admitted her, I yeah, yeah, dumped that, her, I. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Like, what's what is the, the word? What is the word, yeah. Or you supported her move. Mm, that's yeah. 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 Kind. yeah. That's the sort of thing. What do you say to yourself or what do you say to others? Yeah, yeah. My mum's in a nursing home because I think it tends to have that negative connotation associated with it. Yeah. And um, I know statistically that only about 5% of older people end up in aged care homes, but there's 300,000 people in aged care homes. So there's a lot of people that come and go, but I think that's right. The terminology needs to be improved so it's not mm-hmm. necessarily negative, you know. Because then if you say, you know, I put my mum in there, then she'll say, I've been put in here and, yeah, it's not – um, yeah, no, I've been supported probably is the yeah, better word yeah. to put. Yeah, so. I really need some words. It's like mental health. I went to a meeting the other day and it's like, until I stop using the word mental, yeah. it has a connotation to it as well. And the, the, the difference between mental health and mental illness, because we all need mental health. But then when you talk about mental illness, then it's like, well, no, we don't want illness. We want to be health, yeah. So I think there's a lot of negative. As a mental health professional, I know that a lot of people, yeah, <laughs> respond. Yeah, yeah. I do feel. I know that mum nursed her mother-in-law for a while, and I mean, Nana went into home. But as, even my son's uh, good daughter's boyfriend, he's um, Asian, and he was with, and he found out that we put mum in. Oh, again, those words. Put mum in a home. Put mum in a home. And he did yeah. come visit recently, and he saw the room because he went to yep. mum's birthday, and then he went, he saw the room, and he's saying, "Oh, that's nice." You get pushed down to your lunch, and I think his vision, or he, and that's another thing. I think it's a good idea to have the school kids coming in, and the, you know, like um, even the younger children as well, just so that they, it's not so. Important. Yeah, I think, I think you're right, and I think that there's so much negative connotation. They just expect everyone to be fully cared for and not have any ability to do anything for themselves and I know your mum's very creative and talented. I think the other thing is too, just recently on the news, including this morning, it's got all the aged kids, yeah. um, you know, and they're showing videos of how people are being cared for and it's a bit frightening. Yeah. And, and maybe people sort of see that and don't see, you know, and, and the other thing that really stung me as well, which is like more towards the palliative care, care. Yep. Um, that really shocked me when I sort of have noticed the palliative care. Yeah. You know, my vision or my thoughts for yep. the back of palliative care would be somebody sitting beside you holding a hand or you know, soft music, um, loving hand cream in, just, you know, just yep. comfort things. And, you know, right. I said to someone the other day, my mum does a lot of palliative care. Yeah. <laughs> right, because it's, it's a bit different. Has the, the whole study into the Royal Commission, has that made you more alert or or have you been a bit more vigilant about things in here? Or? Oh, I've been observing it for a while, yeah. um, even before Mum came here, what was on the news and things yeah. like that. And I assume it would happen because yeah. <coughs> being a caring myself of someone who you do get to the point where you're frustrated yeah. and um, you get to the, you know, it's like, well, what else can I do? And, to, yeah. You know, and and um, I don't, there's a lot of younger workers in here, but as a person of my own age, it was okay to smack your child, so maybe yeah. it's like smack the old person. Yeah, yeah, because it's been in the news a lot this year, so 
it hasn't made you question staff a bit more about how they're doing things or their staffing ratios or anything like that? Oh, the staffing ratios definitely. Yeah. Yeah. That was one thing they were trying to speak. Yeah. Again, we're dealing with the government and everything is so slow. So slow. Yeah. And yeah. You, you'll probably be looking at a start of some movement, say in two years' time. Yeah. So if something goes wrong here in a sense that mum's not happy about something, she tells you about it. Yes. If she doesn't like the way that she's being spoken to or if she doesn't like, so that comes back to you. So I think that in your mum's instance, that's the advantage that she she has that insight and she, she gives you that feedback. And so how do you problem solve when she says something to you that's happened in a facility? I'm you just take it on board and go, you know, say it's a female, what bitch, or why would she say that, or why would she do that? Because I know just recently it's been about the weight, and that hurts because we've sort of had to wear that from young age, you know, you fat mother, you fat grandma. Yeah. Um, and then when they start fat shaming as well, mm. I, myself, I got to the point where I was going to, you know, send a letter and say, this is actually bullying. This yeah. It's not on. You cannot yep. do that. And then it's like, well, what's the difference between mum eating in happy hour and the smokers out the front? Yeah. They're still getting their still getting their call. Yeah. I know they don't do happy hour. Yeah. You know, and, and, I, and, and I actually took a photo in my lost phone that had a sign out in front of someone else around here now. We accept you as you are, or something like that. And I was like, hello, I'm not coming for that. So is there a problem with that? Yeah. Like, you accepted her for So. And, and I know she's also very conscious about her weight as well, so it makes it a bit harder for her if staff point it out or say anything about it. So mm. um, does that happen often or is that...? It's quieted down a little bit below. Oh, just recently it came up again and I, I, I honestly felt like I'd understand at the front door and have a bag check. No food brought in for Yeah. And okay. it's like we were being sussed out, I think, feeding her. Yeah, yeah. You know, I've been like bringing a tree on... This morning I was actually going to bring her in one of those new McDonald's apple pies that I've been Yeah. And I just get annoyed because I, I've said to my, her doctor, or my doctor as well, and I've said to some of the staff, you know, when they rang me up and said, would you come to a meeting about your mother's weight? I said, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's because it's not it's not new, I guess, and it's not something. So if the facility where your mum's at, if they had... Um, if they ran like seminars or education for families, you know, say a monthly or something, would you be interested in something like that if they ran information that was, you know, relevant to you? But, um, yeah, I suppose so because I know they have meetings where, where um, cares, the care, like the carers or the loved ones can come in and join the meeting, but. I feel that mum wouldn't want me to attend because she won't attend to the ones where just the, the clients or residents okay. have children. So no. I'm thinking she might not like the fact, but if we just made it more for the carers or the loved ones, yep. then at least she can't. So it's like, well, if you want to come to that. Yeah. And what about having some written information and resources in how you could enhance visits? It, general information, because I know you're very good at it and I know that you make sure that when you visit mum the time is fulfilled, but would you think that in a general sense for families that that would be useful if they know, like when their loved one moves in, if they're given some written information about visits and how to... Instigate conversations. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Remember when you bought your FJ car or a Yeah. 
Yeah, just things like that. Okay, that would be useful. Yeah. Okay. And even if there was things around, like I said, one of the other places that I visited a friend, they had beautiful big crops. Yeah. So you could just walk in and start living even if you Yeah. And I know that when you visit your mum, you also spend some time in the garden. Do you instigate that or does mum say, let's go outside? It depends on how she's feeling. Today, I don't think she would have got down yeah. But I try and get around it because especially and the sun, you know, vitamin D is yep. a great thing for mental illness or emotional you know, health or however you like to put it. Yeah, yeah. Um, Our well being. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And fresh air and just, you know, like because you can see people moving. And I know once the movement starts again, you have to be maybe watching it a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, because once you're in your room, it's just, you know, I know she's in a lovely spot where she can wave to the body now. It's nice to get out as well. So you you find that when you come and visit her, you, you might go downstairs, you might go to the garden or you might spend time in the room or go to activity. But I guess the, the nature of her health condition and most of the residents here is that you don't know what the day is going to pan out like. Yeah. And so when you come in, you don't know what will be ahead. So today you mentioned, you know, you noticed that she was a bit quieter over the last few days, but you, you dressed up and you thought you might even go out somewhere, but that was not the case. So you have to prepare for the... We have to sort of judge too whether it's quiet because she's a bit down or quiet because she's a bit sick. Something yeah. She's quiet down, a bit down, just out the garden. Yeah. Air ahead for a while. And, and I think the whole facility could sometimes be a bit like that too. Just, I couldn't say no joy. But, um, yeah. Just something to bring on happiness or more yeah. and laughter and... Yeah, and they have some entertainment. She did say they had the men in there, and, but she had to go back to her room because she's so uncomfortable. But, um, and she can hear a lot of it when the drumming. Yep. Watching her room, see where you can hear it. But, yeah. Yeah, I just I don't know. It's, it's almost like they've been dumped here. Like, yeah. The statistics you gave the other day, the forty percent with no visitors. It's just it's still disgusting. But, yeah. It's shocked me. I was. I mean, I did realise there was a lot of people who didn't get visitors, but when you put it. Statistics, it was, it's a lot, yeah. Was. Yeah. And, and that's what I'm thinking. I go home and I think, well, how can we encourage them? What can we do? Yeah. How can we get people to come and sit with their loved one? Yeah, you might go through the same thing over and over every visit. Yeah. And that's why I'm thinking if, if you could sort of sit with a few people and then maybe Granny would remember when she had an old clothes line that goes one to the Yeah, yeah. Because everybody's got a memory and sometimes it. Something in a conversation can spark the memory. Memory, yeah, absolutely. And I think it's also that stigma as well because, as you said, your daughter's or granddaughter's boyfriend, he was shocked to hear that your mum's in care, but when he actually came and saw what it was like, it wasn't what he expected. So I think also sometimes people have that vision in their head of what it would be like, but it's actually not, yeah. Yeah, he has to quite a few questions. Like hospital, yeah. So when he came, yeah, he was... He was quite surprised. Mum even had her own room. Yeah. dormitory style or yeah. something. Yeah. No. Yeah, yeah. No, that's very useful. Well, thank you for that. And then I can help you with that. That's all for this week's episode.
Well, that is another episode of The Voice of Aged Care done and dusted. Be sure to become a subscriber on your podcast app of choice so that you don't miss out when I release the next episode. I'd love to know what you're thinking of this podcast and what you'd like to hear in the future. So please leave a rating and review too. Over on my website, wisecare.com.au, with one click, you can grab a copy of my three top downloaded resources on mental health and well-being in older age. Let's face it, this can be a complex topic and I want to give you practical strategies to deal with it. Go to wisecare.com.au for your free copy of these three amazing resources. See you in the next episode.